0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Say yes. Thank you for taking your Sunday night and coming out. I really believe the Lord has something special for us. And uh, I want to jump straight in because uh, Pastor Mike told me that you guys uh, you can only hand about 20 minutes of teaching and ministry and then you got to go. No, he didn't say that. I'm being silly. He would never say that. And so, but I do want to bring the word of the Lord to you quickly, so that uh, I can be honorable to the this house. And um, and I just again, um, my family loves uh, your family. We feel like we're the crazy cousins that live in in Texas now. And so, thank you for being a part of our lives. Uh, I've titled our time today uh, titled "Made to Worship." Everybody, say "Made to Worship." Say it one more time. Say "Made to Worship." And uh, as we dive in today, I, I had this experience a few months ago. Um, I have a friend by the name of Michael Miller. He pastors um, kind of this movement called Upper Room, and um, and 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 you know I, I was doing a podcast with him, and they've gone international. Uh, they wrote that song, you know, it may look like I'm surrounded. Yeah. They wrote that song, and, and a lot of young adults, it's kind of a young adult movement, and just real special, they do three prayer meetings a day, seven days a week, and, and so I was interviewing Mike, and if you've ever been in their worship time, uh, they sing f- worship for like an hour. And, and I, I'm a little ADDDD, HDDDD, so I really struggle <laughs> with that experience. And so I was kind of calling him out, you know, and they're the guys that they'll sing the same song for forty-five minutes, looks like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded. I'm like, dude, he's surrounded. Let's go on, next song. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I'm just sitting there with him. And he's really chill. I mean, he's just such a cool dude, man. He's got that cool jaw that sticks out. He's like six one, six two. I'm hating on him the whole time. I'm like, golly, oh, you sexy, you godly man, and <laughs> short, fat self, and you know, and and uh, I said, I said, Mike, I want to ask you something, man. You guys. When y'all worship, you like, you just worship for like, like, like when do you stop? Like, what, does the worship team know when to stop? And he leans in, he goes, you know, when we started the church, he said, I came out of a denomination where we didn't really have intimacy with God. And he goes, and real focused on doing a lot of preaching and stuff. And he goes, and when we started the church, the Lord came to me. We were in the middle of worship. And the Lord spoke to me. And I was worried about, am I gonna preach good and preach good? And the Lord said, what if you just ministered to me. And when he said that, I was cut to the heart. I'd spend my whole life asking God to minister to me. I don't know how much I take time to minister to him. I really believe what I have for you tonight really comes from this place. You know, Pastor Mike's been teaching us about freedom what if our freedom moved into the place where we were so less consumed about our little problems and we just kind of moved into ministering to the one who saved our soul, who took on hell, death, the grave, sin, and conquered it all? What if we, what if we, what if we took our rightful position as worship leaders? See, the people up here singing today, they're not the worship leaders. We are all worship leaders. Turn with me quickly in your Bible to Psalms chapter 100. And, and again, you know, you know, what I love about your pastor is he's the king of the one-liner. Like years ago, I told him, I'm like, Snoop Dogg has nothing on you, brother. Like you, like you bring these words out and they have these meanings and stuff. And I'm like, you're so brilliant. I'm not that smart, all right? So, we, so you're just gonna have to put up with me tonight. And, and I, I know this, that when uh, uh, that God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. So let's just jump in. Psalms 100, verse one. Shout out praises to the Lord, all the earth. Not some of the earth, all the earth. Worship the Lord with joy. Enter his presence with joyful singing. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He is God. He made us and we belong to him. We are his people, not our own people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates. with. If you're gonna come before him, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give him thanks, praise his name. And so literally, the Word of God is teaching us how to engage with the Lord, and I am a, I am convinced. I, I, one of the things that I do in, in my side time is I participate. I'm a professor at a Bible school, and I've I used to run. I used to be the president of that, and then God asked me to plant a church, and so. But I'm still engaged in teaching, and, and so one of the things I love to do is really dive down into what what's the Bible really saying, what it's meaning. And one of the things that I have found out in my study over the years, the Bible clearly lays out that we are made. To worship we were made to worship in ezekiel chapter 28 ezekiel has this he sees lucifer he sees satan and he begins to try to describe him if i could just read it to you it says you were in eden the garden of god and every precious stone was your covering the sardis the topaz the diamond the barrel, the onyx the jasper sapphire turquoise emerald with gold the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Most scholars believe that literally of the three cherub of which Lucifer was one, and so most angels as described in the Bible just look like humans, but cherubs were archangels, if you will. They were kind of higher in position in heaven and still are today. You got Gabriel and, and you got Michael, and then Lucifer literally was a worship component, he, as he would fly around the throne of God, out of his body came beautiful praise, worship, m- worship to, to the Almighty. His, his body was made up of, of instruments, timbrels and cymbals and all these pieces that it describes. He was so beautiful. And what happens at some point, he gets a glimpse of himself in the mirror and begins to think, wait a minute, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good looking here. In fact, I'm pretty powerful. I'm as powerful as God. And Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. God was like, Phew, and then God did something, and, and scholars are not really sure if, he, if Adam and Eve was crea- were created before the fall, but in the midst, most of them believe before, and Lucifer was cast out of heaven, and then God created us. And we're the only being on the planet that walks uprightly giving praise back to the one who created us. Even with chimpanzees closest to our structure who walk face down, if you will. Because we were created not just in his image, but he took man and he breathed in the man the breath of life. (gasps) And he breathed into us his nature. We were made to worship him. And I wanna take the next few minutes and I wanna prepare you not just For tonight to experience God, I want to help you develop into a place where you wake up every day, go throughout your day, end your day as the worshiper that you're supposed to be. What you were made to do, we were made to lead worship in his presence to express his goodness throughout the earth. And worship did not come about because Elevation came up with some cool songs. And when you look through the history of the people of God, you will find seven Hebraic words, seven Hebraic terms or positions even for this thing called worship and giving God his due diligence, his glorious praise. And I want to take you through some of those tonight because I believe what's going to happen is as we take on our rightful role as worshipers, you're going to start to experience freedom. That addiction is going to lose you. You're gonna start experience freedom in your mind because some of you are having sleepless nights and you're having night terrors. God's gonna heal you as you step into your rightful place as the worshiper that he made you to be. That is our calling. You, you may be a contractor. You may be a successful businesswoman. You may be a politician. That may be what some of your assignment is on earth, but at the end of the day, you're called for one thing and one thing only, and that is to worship the one who created you. That is, you wanna say, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in my life. Worship! That's what you were made to do. That's what you were made to do. So let me take you through these seven Hebraic words and Pastor Mike made a mistake. He said, it's your church, just go like you wanna go for as long as you wanna go. No, he didn't, he said, you have a time frame. you need to be good about that. But you gotta understand, my church is one third black, one third Hispanic, one third Anglo. And we got a bunch of Asians that are starting to take over. So we say it like this at our place, at our house, "Is like, this is a slice of heaven. And I tell our people, visitors, everybody, all the online audience, if you don't like black people, don't go to heaven. If you don't like white folk, don't go to heaven. Our Hispan- we right, we're gonna spend forever together. We better figure it out while we're here. And so as we jump into this today, I really want you to take some good notes, take it in, because what's gonna happen is as you take on your rightful position as a worshiper, let me tell you what's gonna happen. All the addictions are gonna start breaking. All the thing the pastor's been teaching us is gonna start coming into full play because you're now in a position of authority and power as you're in submission through worship to the one. So it literally breaks the the enemy's ability, if you will, when you take in your rightful position. So let's start with the first word. And these are Hebraic words. The first word is yadah. Everybody say yadah. yadah. And it's a verb which simply with a root meaning to lift the hands, to yadah. So before there was ever charismatic Pentecostals, assemblies of God, there were Hebrews who followed the one true God thousands of years ago who understood what it was to yada the living God. Throw up your hands in praise, lift your hands. It's a cry. And typically it was used in an expression of a cry for help. Daddy, I need you. Those of you with grandkids, you know what it's like to go visit your kids, and, and as you pull it in the driveway and they throw open the door, and your little grandbaby comes running out, Papa, Papa, and you'll get away from me, kid. <laughs> That's not what one of you do. They, Papa, you like, oh. <laughs> you want a car? What do you want? I'll give it all. It's all yours. When you and I give a yada praise, the Father does just like you would. Come here, come here, come here. Who's messing with you? I will shoot them right now. I will have a permanent prison ministry for you. Who's messing with you, baby? And you don't, you don't understand it. You think that these guys are supposed to sing songs and if we really feel it, okay, I really feel it, okay. You, you misunderstand. You were made to worship. When you're going through hell on this earth, the smart thing to do is to step into your royal position and say, I will yadah you. I say to you are the one and the only one who can bring me through this. I can't keep this marriage together, but you can, for you are worthy of all of my praise and adoration. A Yadah praise. A Yadah praise where we give it every bit. And look at Psalms 107 where it uses this word Yadah. He led them from the darkness and shadow of death and snapped their chains. Oh, that these men would praise Yadah the Lord. The Lord literally is rebuking them. He goes, he did this for you. He's done this for you. And oh, that men would Yadah him. Throw up their hands and say you're worthy. Thank you for all that you're doing in my life. The second Hebraic word that I wanna bring you through today tonight is the word halal. Everybody say halal. And that means to boast, to brag. Come on, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You finally got a girlfriend. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, what? (laughs) To brag, to rave about God, even to the point of appearing foolish. The church has lost that. We don't know how to halal anymore to brag on him, to tell him he's worthy. It's actually the hello. We then expand that word to a word that we use a little bit more in our, in our modern vernacular and that's the word hallelujah. Hallelujah is the word hello, hello, which is to brag with the word Yahweh combined. And we get, And that's where it came from. Yahweh, Yahweh is the sweet, precious name of a lover the nickname, the little pet name that you give to someone you love. So when the people of Israel called him Yahweh, they were talking about their love. When my wife and I first got married, I called her Monchazi. It's German for my love. I'd been to Germany, I learned that phrase. And so like, Monchazi. And after we'd been married a while and she gave me a couple kids, I changed it to sexy mama. So when my phone rings and sexy mama comes across and I'm in a business meeting, they're like, What's that? Like, that's my wife, she's still my girlfriend, thank you very much. It's my special name for her. That word, Ha'el, to brag on him, to praise him, to to say he's the one. Listen, if it wasn't for Jesus, where would you be? I know where I would be. I'd be in federal prison because I had a plan. Just saying, I had a plan. But Jesus saved me, healed me, delivered me, set me free, and I give him the hell that he deserves. I praise you, oh God, for calling me out and setting me free. When we first started our church, we were just a little home church and we were trying to get this thing going. We didn't have a place to meet on Sundays and nobody would rent us a building, so we we found a Methodist church that would let us meet on Sunday nights. Nobody would come on Sunday nights because they had school the next day and whatever. And so, but we had a little group of people and all of a sudden it was all young, young adults. It was what I was good and anointed at, at, at reaching. And this one little older couple showed up and I was like, finally, somebody with a job. We're actually gonna grow this church. Someone. I didn't realize they were on the brink of retirement, so oh, well, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to the hospital all the time with them anyway. So, and so we, we, God did a miracle, and we got this big building, and and all of a sudden people started coming. And my wife was a city councilwoman at the time, and uh, and so all of the dignitaries of the city started coming to our church. This thing was happening, and this one little couple. And once we got in the new building, and they'd been with us a couple months, we got in this new building, and all of a sudden I'm in the preaching, in the middle of preaching one day, and all of a sudden this little sweet lady from the back. she has been sitting in the back. She'd been with us only a few months. She yells out, Hallelujah! Every one of our security guys are so like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, oh, oh. The eagle has landed? I mean, they're like, oh my goodness. And they're all looking at me. I'm in a preacher. I just stop. I look at her like, and then I'm thinking all oh, the dignitaries, oh no one, there goes our church. Well, I get, better get a job at Chick-fil-A because well, Sunday's are open and they're off. Anyways, but so and so she stopped and she calmed back down. And so I was like, well, okay, i just keep on preaching. So I kept preaching and, and uh, nothing happened. And the security guys sat back down like, okay. And they're looking at me and I'm looking like, I don't know. And uh, she didn't do it the next week. So I was like, thank you, Jesus. Cause the mayor actually came that week. <laughs> the next week I'm in the middle of preaching and I know I'm anointed, but goodness gracious lady. And she, all of a sudden she yells it out, hallelujah, and just lets it go and do not stop. Hallelujah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, so she, and when she finishes, everybody's like, okay, praise the Lord, amen. <laughs> I don't know what to do, I just keep preaching. And so, so then some of the leaders were like, after service, like, PA, what you want us to do about that? They call me PA for Pastor Adam. And I'm like, um, I don't know, I guess I need to meet with them. So, so I called a meeting with them and they came up to the church in and, and that, and that middle of that week and they sat down in the office and I didn't even get a word out. And she said, Pastor, I, I wanna just say something before we get going. I'm not sure what you wanna meet with me about, I just wanna say something. She goes, I'm gonna tell you I'm so sorry for yelling out in the middle of the service. She said, but you got to understand something. I said, what? She goes, 20 years ago, before we, we married, because we married late in life, and she goes, I was a single lady. And she said, I, I, I'm an accountant. And, um, and she said, and, and I worked at one of the, I was accountant for one of the big restaurants in downtown Dallas, lots and lots of money. And she said, and every morning, I was the, typically the first one in the building, and I would, I would go into the office and I would count the money out of the safe and do all the counting work. And she said, and one particular morning I got there and there was a cleaning crew that was there and that was not that uncommon. And she said, and I went into my office and I opened the safe and as I went to pull the money out, there was a man standing there with a gun. He got me down on my knees and he shot me five times in the head. She said, three of the bullets went through my head and came out the other side, but two were stuck. And she said, I lay dying on the floor. And it was not two more hours before the managers were to come in to get ready for the lunch shift. I laid there bleeding out, dying on the floor and going out of consciousness into consciousness. I cried out to God and I said, God, if you will save me, my life will forever be a praise to you. And I will be sure that everyone knows who you are and what you are. She said, they found me. They rushed me to the hospital. She said, I was in ICU for weeks. She said they could get one of the bullets out, but the other one is still in my head because if they get it, I will, I've already, she said, I had lost the left working side of my body, but I've been able to rehab, and she had a little crippled arm. She goes, I've been able to rehab so I can walk, but I can't really use this hand that much. And she says, and and so pastor, every now and then, I have this moment, and it happens when you're preaching. And she says, and I just can't help but thank him for letting me live. And so pastor, I'm so sorry. If I embarrass you or if I do anything wrong, I know the cameras might pick that up. It's not good for streaming or whatever. And I'm looking at her, I'm weeping, my wife is weeping. And I I, I don't even, I can't remember I even said that. My wife told me later that you said, baby girl, you shout your hallelujahs anytime you want because God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The God who saved you, birthed this church, the God who delivered you, brought us in this place. And if he wants to take us out, he'll take us out. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords a hallel praise a hallel praise Psalms 150 we see it here in verse 6 let everything that has breath hallel the Lord that's the word for praise right there then there's a third Hebraic word careful Hispanics and that is the third word is tehillah <laughs> And this word is a spontaneous praise song. It's a, it's a spontaneous praise. So in fact, the, the, the place we see it first in scripture really mentioned is in the Exodus. So, so God, y- 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 y'all saw the Disney movie, the 10 plagues and, 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 and Pharaoh lets them go and they get out there in the wilderness and they got the Red Sea and Pharaoh changes his mind so he sends his whole army to kill them. God opens the Red Sea, they run across on dry ground, they get to the other side and all of a sudden the army has followed them down into the trench and all of a sudden as they're standing there like we're dead, here they come. All of a sudden, phew, God releases the water kills the entire Egyptian army and they stand there and the Bible says that they begin to do uh, what type of praise? A Tahila praise. They say, woo, thank you, God. Ah, thank, you, thank you, God. Woo. Spontaneous. Nobody had to say, all right, here we go. Y'all ready for worship? Tat, 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 tat. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands with us tonight. None of that. It was spontaneous, baby. God just did something, we should be dead. And God just showed up and showed out. Tehillah, a spontaneous praise. We see it in Psalms 22, three, but you are holy. You, look, look at this, who inhabits the Tehillah of Israel. Do you see what that, what that scripture says? He inhabits, you know what inhabiting is. You're gonna leave tonight and you're gonna go back to your habitation. To your house, it's where you live. It's where you abide. It's your abode. It's got your smell. It does. I'm just saying. It's got your look, IKEA. <laughs> it's got your flair. It's got your flavor. It's 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 your habit. It looks like it feels. Like, guess where God inhabits? The praises of His people. So I just don't ever feel God. I just like I don't hear His voice. <laughs> Step into your position and begin to tehillah. Lord, I just praise you. Only. And in and, and, and this spontaneous praise, it, it has this whole piece that you're just kind of going off without, like you don't need anybody to lead you. You're just responding to this thought of how great he's been, how wonderful he's been, how good he's been. In fact, when that, when that, oh, when that Red Sea closes back on, do you know who leads out the tehillah praise? Anybody know who she is? Who? She is at 90 years old at the time. Grandma starts going, whoo! <laughs> ah, thank you, Lord! To healer. Not so long ago, I had a situation that happened where I almost died because I drive every day in Dallas. So, four lanes, 70 miles an hour. I'm in the fast lane mad that they won't get out of my way. Because I don't drive to go somewhere, I drive to beat everyone else in front of me. That's how I, that's how I roll. So I'm, I'm rolling, I'm rolling, oh, I'm coming up on it. And all of a sudden, this little lady, and I won't say her ethnicity, I won't say that she's a little Asian lady, she's in the fast lane, I would never do that. And. Um, She decides that she wants that exit. Four lanes of traffic. We're all doing 70 plus. I'm doing like a Christian 70, a grace mercy 70 plus. She hits her brakes and puts on her blinker. Everybody, 18, everybody. We're like, we're all gonna die. You're gonna die. I don't know what angel picked me up and moved me around this car, but when I got to the other side and I was still alive, I did a little bit of tequila. I was like, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. I am sorry for being stupid. I should have never been driving like that. Thank you, thank you Jesus. And I'm sorry, but I got a prayer language. So I was like, shayla bakate." Hey, I started making up, I started making up tongues. I was coming up with some peanut butter jelly, peanut butter. I mean, I was in it. <laughs> and can I tell you something? In the middle, of this interstate, as I am doing a Tahila praise, the glory of the Lord comes down in that car. For he inhabits the praises of his people. What if we put too much attention on the problem and not enough attention on the solution? What if we're worried and upset, Martha, Martha, by the things that they don't really matter? But there's one thing that really matters. Step into your royal position as a worshiper created by the one, giving the praise that you deserve and that he deserves. And I promise you, the enemy will lose his power and difficulty over you. Here's the fourth one. We got to move fast. You got to listen faster, guys. Come on now, I'm on the clock. Here's Here's the fourth one. And that is the word ta-da. Much like the "yada," but it's ta-da. Sounds like a magic move. Like ta-da, ta-da. And to die, like you die, means a raising of the hands, thanking God for the things not yet received. I grew up in a church with a lot of mamas. And I'm not talking about white people. I'm talking about mamas. And there were some black mamas in the church that I grew up in that they would go off. Ooh, Jesus. Mm. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, oh God. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you're going to pay that bill because you know I ain't got the money. Lord Jesus. And Lord, this little white boy, Adam, Lord, you're going to help him grow up to be a man of God. I thank you in advance that that man, it going to be a man of God. A tada praise. A before it's ever happened. See, we don't praise him until we've gotten our answer. You don't understand the tada. da Listen, I'm not making this up. These are Hebraic words out of your Old Testament for the people who were marked by God that he chose were gonna be his people. And this is how they engage with their God. They ta-da'd. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, oh God, that you're gonna do it. I I don't know how you're gonna do it, but I praise you in advance that it's gonna happen. I thank you that it's already been sent. I thank you. I thank you that Amazon is on the way. They just hadn't made it to my house yet. I thank you, oh God. The truck is in route. And oh God, don't let it be one of them electrical trucks that get broke down in the ice storm. Oh God. The solution is in route and I praise you in advance. I didn't make that up. That's not some kind of positive preaching teaching. That's not some kind of word of faith stuff. That's not, not some kind of name and claim. This is what the early followers of God called Israel did. The people of God. They tadad. Can you imagine if we started praising God about the problem before we ever got the solution? Let me ask you, how many of you guys in this room got a problem in your life? How many guys in this room, the problem in your life is sitting right next to you? No, don't say that. Listen, (laughs) how many? (laughs) Can you imagine what, can you imagine the freedom you would walk in? Can you imagine the power you would walk in if you just started praising over the problem before it ever became solved? Can you, can you imagine? You say, "Lord, I, I, Lord, I pray." Can you imagine driving your truck to work, bro? Come on, now, stay with me. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about effeminate worship. I praise the Lord. I'm not men, men of God. Can you imagine, men of God, turn off Fox or whatever you listen to. You know, get off the TikTok, about direct your truck, and on the way to work. Can you imagine if you start to say, "Lord, I praise you, I worship you, Lord God, you're gonna heal my boy before, Lord God, before I ever see it, I declare it. you've done it, and I praise you for it. I thank you for the healing that He's already got." I thank you, Lord God, that you're gonna help me and my wife communicate better, Lord, before you ever do it. I praise you in advance that you've done it. I praise you in advance. I ta-da praise you. You still with me? Say yes. Yes. We gotta move quick. All right, here's number five. We gotta move fast. And that is zamar, a zamar praise. Everybody say zamar. zamar. And zamar is this harmonic praise. It's this unity praise with the use of the instruments. Now, I got saved Church of Christ, non-instrumental. So everything you did tonight was demonic by the way I got saved, by the group I I worked with. Okay? And obviously they skipped over a whole lot of the Old Testament. Because there was a, there's a a word for it in Hebrew. A zamar praise. And and you know the power, especially any of you that are musicians, you know the power when all the instruments start getting on the same. They're, they're, They're working together. It's called symphony. Symphonic. When they all start, they're playing the same note and the same rhythm. And you know what it's like. Have you seen that YouTube video when the drummer's off real bad? And you know it's like, oh dear God, stop, stop, stop. A Zamar praise is in with use of the instruments. And literally, God comes into those places where we're unified. I was telling one of the leaders earlier, um, I was in Lakeland, Florida one time with a group of pastors, and we were all, there's about 2,000 of us, we were worshiping God, and we were singing, and, and nobody cared who had the biggest churches. We were just worshiping. All of a sudden, we started hearing octaves above us, sounds above us. And being the youth pastor at the time, I looked back in the sound booth to see which which teenager was back there playing with the soundboard, listening to Led Zeppelin or something and accidentally had bled through the system. And they're all like, we didn't do it. And so all of a sudden, as we just kept worshiping, all of a sudden, we all got quiet because we recognized in that moment that the angels of God we're singing in unison, unison with us. You can actually look up Lakeland, Florida, and someone had, had stopped to record it, and they, they, you can find it on YouTube. It's the most, I don't know how clear the recording is, but I was there. It was real. It was authentic. There was this, there was this Samar praise, so much so that the angel was like, hey, you need to stop what God told you to do. Come be, get, a, get a part of this right here, because this is powerful. The power of God moves in the Zamar. That's why for many of you, the only time you really feel the presence of God is when we're all unified singing together and worshiping together with the instruments. In fact, this gets played out in multiple passages of scripture. In fact, one of the passages of scripture where this gets played out, the Zamar praise, is when David's playing the harp and Saul, who's being attacked by demons, literally has a mental illness. He's got a mental issue. He's, having, he's losing his mind. So someone says, hey, I know about this little junior high kid. Every time I'm on my way to, to go to Lafayette and I cross through that field, there's some kid off in the distance and, his, and he's playing this music and he's singing and it's like it's coming over the hills and stuff. And it's like the presence of God shows up. And whatever I'm worried about, I, I actually look forward to go on that, to, to, to go cross that field so I can hear this kid. His name's David or something. He's like, let's get him in. And so they get David, and Saul's having one of his fits of episodes, and little junior high David starts playing the harp and worshiping God in a zamar praise, and the Bible says it literally calmed the demons. Literally setting free. Literally setting free. I would challenge each and every one of you to fast the month of February, any other music other than just worship, and see what happens. Just a challenge. Just try it out. Just try to see what happens. See if something doesn't shift in your mental in your thought life, in your emotions. See if something doesn't shift. In fact, I don't know if you saw this recently, but um, archeologists, in and, and one of their digs, they're in Israel, they, they found the score of music that David played. They were able to transcribe it and play it, and they have it now, and it's unbelievable. In fact, would you play that for them? It's really unbelievable. Here it comes. They got it. Oh, gotcha. All right, that's good, that's good. I do want to come back one day, so Lord, forgive me. Come back, Holy Spirit. Please come back, Holy Spirit. I'm so sorry for grieving you. Psalms, <laughs> hmm, Psalms 57 and 8. Psalms 57 and eight, oh, oh, 8. Awake, O my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will zamar praise you. O Lord, among the nations, I will zamar sing of you among the peoples. There's something about music and its power when we sing to our God and the instruments are involved that literally changes nations. That brings me to the next one, we gotta keep going. Number six, you ready? Here's the sixth one, and it is a Barak, not the president, Barak, it's a Hebrew word. Barak praise, and it means to kneel down, to bless God as an act of adoration. There is something supernatural when a man gets down on his knees And he begins to say, you are God, and I love you. And I thank you for saving my soul. And I thank you for giving me a beautiful family. Even though I want to stab my kids half the time, Lord, I just thank you for them. And I bless you. And I bless you. There's something that happens when your brain is below your heart. And God can minister to your whole soul in an act of reverence of worship. We see this played out in the book of Daniel. Daniel was a dignitary. He was a politician. He was, he was in, um, in, in, in city government. And Daniel began to make all the other guys jealous, all the wicked people jealous. And they looked for every way they could to get him um, to, try to, to try to find out if he had any secret sins or anything. He was stealing from the, from, the, from the treasure or anything. Couldn't find anything about his integrity. And so they honed in about his love for God. And guess what he did every day? Every day he went to his balcony, threw open his doors, morning, noon, and night, and got on his knees and bowed before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And let me tell you something. Can you imagine if we had politicians that got on their knees and worshiped the one true King? Because let me just say this. The last time I checked, Jesus isn't a Democrat, nor is he a Republican. He was not elected. You did not vote for him. His father established him as the king of kings and the Lord of lords because of his obedience to the cross. We are his subjects. We are the sheep of his pasture. Dad, the greatest thing your kids could ever see you do is come home after they get off of football practice, after y'all have had dinner and see you go in that living room, get on your knees and just say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for what you've done. I I know I'm not everything you want me to be yet, but Lord, I thank you that you changed me. Lord, those those addictions years ago, Lord God, you set me free. Can you imagine the freedom you would have when you actually humble yourself and let the King of kings and the Lord of lords take his rightful position as Lord over every problem you have? You were made to worship. That's what you were made to do. It's who we are. This brings me to the last one. And the last one, I just want to move quickly, and that is the Shabbat. The Shabbat. It it almost sounds like the word Sabbath, the Shabbat, but it's Shabbat. And that actually means... To shout, to address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph—it's a holy roar. Psalms forty-seven, one: clap your hands, all you nations! Shabbat to God with cries of joy. I've got a friend; he pastors locally. His name's Greg Beatty, and, uh, and 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 Greg. He pastors Abundant Life and he's, he's friends of, of this ministry. Y'all are friends and co-ministers in the areas. He's in Denham. And Greg told me a story. Um, he was at that game where New Orleans Saints won that last playoff game to get to go to the Super Bowl so many years ago. He was there in New Orleans in the Superdome. And he said, PA, he said, when we won that game, he said those Cajuns didn't stop shouting for two hours. <laughs> he said they shouted and then they would die down and then they, they, no one left the stadium. We're going to the Hall! <laughs> and my, and my, my friend Greg, he's, he's not a really touchy feely guy. Like we were laughing. I always get him, i like, hey bro, help me put my microphone on. And he's like, man, ah, get away from me. Ah. I always pick on her. He's not a real touchy feely guy. He said, but we had been shouting. For two hours straight and I had to go to the bathroom. He said, He said, PA, have you ever been to the Superdome into the public bathroom there? I was like, no, he goes, it's nasty. Just tell you, it's nasty. He goes, and I go in there and there are men at every stall, at every urinal. He goes, and it's gross and stuff. And I mean, these Cajuns have been drinking for four four weeks straight, and now they gotta let it out. He said, it's nasty, it smells bad, everything. He goes, and as I walk in, he said, there's a guy at the sink and he's boohooing. He's boohooing. And he looks up and he looks at he catches eyes with me, and he goes, My daddy, 10 years ago on his deathbed, he said, Son, don't give up the season tickets. Because one day the Saints will go to the Super Bowl. And he said, Today is that day. Greg tells me, he goes, P.A., I don't know what came over me. He said, "All I know is I ran to this man in a public bathroom. I grabbed him, and we started shouting and jumping up and down. We got it, impossible!" <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, how can we give? So I'm just not emotional. You know, I don't get hyped up. Don't hype me up, dear sir. When did New Orleans die for your sins? When did a football team or a franchise give you back money and support you and watch your children, keep your children from being raped or beat down, die in a car accident? Let me tell you who was watching over those kids. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He's worthy of our Shabbat.